Have you ever wondered what happens after ever after? Have you always yearned to know if the end is really the end? No? Well, you're going to find out anyway. With your hosts, Andy, Tammy, and Gina. This is 2D Vision. Welcome once again to To The Vision, Disney sequels explained. I'm your host, Gina, and as always, I'm joined by my two beautiful, special co-hosts, Andy and Tammy. How are you guys? How do you feel today? Hello, everyone. I don't know if I will ruin the illusion or something because we will upload this episode later, but happy Halloween. Yeah, we're recording this on October 31st. Hi, Tammy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. And speaking of Halloween, it was Halloween at my work, and as I was telling you guys... I had a sorcerer Mickey and a hippo from Fantasia at my work, and it was awesome. I got a picture with sorcerer Mickey, and the hippo from Fantasia danced around with the little. They had a little crocodile stuffed toy. It was awesome. I was Minnie Mouse, and it was incredible. Yeah, we saw the pictures and like yeah. the girl that dressed up as. Yeah, 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 the girl that dressed up as a hippopotamus, like she nailed <laughs> Halloween. Like, and apparently, beautiful. Halloween. Like, I, when I saw her, I burst out laughing and I had a big <laughs> smile. And I'm like, I'm gonna stand by you for the rest of the day. <laughs> and she yeah, apparently that. she did. Apparently she did 20 years of ballet, and her like hippo dance was amazing. Uh, oh, that I, makes so much. I'd really want to see a video of that. <laughs> but I it was perfect. I will was... get the video. Yes, please do. It's perfect timing because guess what? We are talking about Fantasia today. Woohoo! <laughs> Talk about meant to be. Yeah, Fantasia yeah. 2000, but also about. Fantasia. Yeah, well, okay. So let's let's just jump right in. Uh-huh. Um, okay, Fantasia 2000 is a sequel to the original Fantasia that was released in 1940, and Fantasia 2000 was actually released in 1999. Yeah. Not really the 2000. <laughs> well, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, technicalities. <laughs> um, and there's actually like a real debate, I guess, on whether to consider this actually a sequel. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I guess it depends on what your definition of a sequel is. But at least in my head, I do count it as a sequel. Um, and I guess we all do because we're talking <laughs> about it in this Disney sequels podcast. Yeah. But uh, like, I don't know why it, it shouldn't be. Like, it's a continuation of the first one. And yeah, like Fantasia is a unique thing. So it's really hard to put it in a category and just think of it as an as a as any other movie. But mm-hmm. if you go by the definition of it being the continuation of a first original movie, then yeah, Fantasia two thousand is completely a sequel in my eyes. Yeah, Fantasia two thousand is not a traditional sequel, but Fantasia is in a traditional movie. Yeah, I I couldn't put it better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys want to tell us a little bit about your experiences with the movie and what your memories of it are, the original 1941. I can start because that'll be quick. I have no memories. I did not watch this movie. This is my first time watching Fantasia and I'm so glad we started this podcast because it is such an amazing film and I loved it. Like... I I just found it super incredible, and I just, the first thought is, like, every kid should see this because it would be a great way to introduce them to classical music. Like, because um, once kids can associate something with something good in their childhood, it sticks with them, and it's something that they love for a long time, and if kids can fall in love with classical music because of movies like Fantasia and Fantasia 2000, that would be incredible. And yeah, those are my thoughts on it when I first saw it. 
I'll jump right in because I too, I don't think I ever saw this as a child. I don't know why. Like for the longest time, I thought that I did. But I think I just watched like The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is like the most famous bit of it. Mm-hmm. And that, that was it because I was watching it for the podcast and I realized that I had never actually seen the movie, mm-hmm. like a movie. You know, I had seen The Sorcerer's Apprentice and I had seen The Nutcracker Suit. And that's all I remember from it. Uh, and I don't even remember when I watched those um, but yeah I, I definitely think that I'm right with you there Tammy because I mm-hmm. do think that children should be encouraged to watch this movie yes. because it's so special I, I, I can't think of any other movie that's like this like mm-hmm. on this scale and produced by <coughs> Disney like it's yeah. it's such a unique piece of, of um, cinema and I just love and appreciate yeah. it so much it's like just, right now. It's, yeah, it's like two different kinds of artists working together. And I find yeah. that incredible because an animator, an art, a draw, like someone who draws is way different from someone who composes music. And to see these two art firms work together to make something unified and just solid and real, like to make one, like one beautiful thing out of these two brilliant mediums is really incredible to watch. Yeah, completely. And um, I just love the way that it starts with this like kind of abstract animated mm-hmm. short and it tell yeah, the the how do you say the host, the mm-hmm. conductor it says mm-hmm. something like this is what the animators picture when they listen to this music. And I yeah. love that because whenever I've been to like orchestra presentations or something, like I always listen to the music and imagine this abstract lights and colors and just whatever the music brings to my mind and that was literally like what they did for this for this yeah. movie and for that short especially and I just love that I love the process of making this movie of coming up with it I love I love how Walt like envisioned it and yeah. made it happen it's it's just a treasure I think it's fantastic oh yes. no pun intended <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh and I really wish pun I had intended. seen it as a child <laughs> that could really be wish... a review Fantasia 2000 oh. is fantastic oh yeah spoilers, spoilers I mean if that's what you think mm. yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that but I definitely wish I would have seen this as a child I think I would have appreciated and I don't know maybe my parents just didn't think I'd be interested or maybe they weren't interested so they never bought the VHS for me I don't know but mm-hmm. at least now I have watched it, and I think I just think everyone should. So Andy, you <laughs> go because you haven't spoken. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm smiling the whole time while you're saying that because yeah, Fantasia is really, really amazing, and uh, I hadn't watched it in a long time, but I did. I did watch it as a kid, and I used to think, oh, I was a really weird kid because I really liked Fantasia, uh, both Fantasias. But actually, seeing that, seeing the movie now, watching the movie now, maybe it wasn't such a stretch that I liked it, you know, because it's actually really entertaining. There were there are some parts in which your mind really like wanders off, or maybe things are a little slow. Yeah, I think the last bit falls into that oh, yeah. category. Like, oh, yes. I, we were watching this at night and <laughs> after Bald, Bald Mountain, like the, that very energetic and like big short happens and then this really slow pace. Without Maria. Yeah. The Ave Maria short. 
starts and it's just very soothing. I don't, I, I didn't fall asleep because I thought it was boring. I just, I, I was falling asleep yeah. because it was just and so <laughs> very soothing. It was very s- s- slow mm-hmm. and very like mm-hmm. with a lot of, um, how do you say, ambience, I guess. Yeah. But it's, just, it's beautiful. Can yeah. we just mention how like in that, was it the Bald Mountain? Yeah. And how Deems Taylor, the host, just casually mentions that that's where Satan's worship Satan! is. Satan! Can we just... Satan. I mean, it was the 40s, I guess. They were yeah. a little bit more yeah. uh, blunt. I guess I guess that was the only time Disney ever said the word Satan in a movie <laughs> until Wreck-It Ralph. I don't know. I think... <laughs> it's Satan. back said devil. Yeah, devil. But not Satan. It's not... Yeah, it, it's really not the same. But I, I appreciate the casual mention yeah. of Satan. Satan. And, and not yeah. just Satan, and his worshippers. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, we're acknowledging yeah. this. Yeah. Just no, I- casual Satanism right there. Yeah, actually, uh, what, what you were saying, at that short, it's so energetic, and it, I don't know, it just freaks you out in the best way, and then you, I don't know, it's like big exercise for your mind and for your soul and for your heart, and then you, you, they leave you to Ave Maria, and it's like, of course, you're going to fall asleep, you're tired, yeah, <laughs> it's like a yoga oh, class, when at the end, oh you, they just let you to, to, to relax and almost sleep, it's, that's yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Well. <laughs> yeah. I, I also love how they mentioned that um, after before the nut the nutcracker short there they say something like oh this this piece of music is not performed anymore and like you just like you just see how dated a little mm-hmm. bit this movie is because of course everyone performs the nutcracker like it, the nutcracker everywhere. is going to yeah but I guess right at that time the nutcracker wasn't as popular and not a lot of people knew it mm-hmm. and there weren't any performances of it, I guess, and okay. yeah, I just, I just found that very funny because mm-hmm. the conductor is something like, oh, I, I guess you won't recognize this, mo- this, this song, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I hear it every Christmas. What you're talking about? Like, well, this, this was before Barbie and the Nutcracker <laughs> when the Nutcracker made its Renaissance, so it makes sense. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Andy, can I finish? Andy, I have a question. Yes. How do you feel about Irish showing up? In the pastoral symphony. Oh, okay. You say it because I like Iris. Yes. Yeah. Well, Iris is my favorite favorite Greek goddess, and I, mm-hmm. I love seeing Iris love yeah. in Fantasia. Uh, th- thank you very much. And she's gorgeous. She's yeah. gorgeous. She's actually like one of the most ethereal and realistic uh, mm-hmm. figures in that yeah. whole short. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, go on. Continue. <laughs> yeah. To finish my my thoughts. Uh, yes, I actually, I, I watched it a lot as a kid, and I also watched a lot of uh, Fantasia 2000. I don't know if we're going to start talking about our memories with Fantasia 2000 or not. Just, I just wanted to mention, like, just how emblematic this movie is, and, like, mm-hmm. it was so groundbreaking. Like, Walt's intention literally was to make it, like, the, exp- the he wanted to emulate the experience of going to see an orchestra. and. Yeah, that- they developed this whole complete new sound system for the theaters. Um, And it just, it was really groundbreaking. Like, it was, how do you say, I can't find the word right now, but it really looked to the future and it really, it gave animation, like, new, I don't know, new room to grow from. I don't know Mm -hmm. how to word it, but it was just, I think it, it deserves more recognition than it does, yeah. even though it is a classic. But I, I guess 
it, it was a very expensive movie to make, yeah, as well. I hear, especially with this development of the sound system, because Walt really wanted it to feel like you were watching live musicians. So it was very costly, and it did make its money back eventually, and especially with home release, but I guess at the time, it was just, it felt like they worked too hard and spent too much money, oh. and they did make the money back, but at, but yeah. not as much as, like, oh, like, is it worth it? So, yeah. And, like, also, <laughs> I love, um, I just, I just love the Sorcerer's Apprentice short, and so it's my favorite. Where, Mickey, where Mickey straight up murders a broom. Like, uh, yeah, we, we can talk about that when we talk about the Sorcerer's Apprentice because it, it also makes an, it ap- is, an it appearance is, on. on yeah. But I just wanted to, to mention that and how um, the the wizard that appears is called Jensen, and everyone knows mm-hmm. the story behind that and how like any Disney fan wants. If, if they want to show off, they're going to throw that fact at you. But, like, it's just such a well-known fact. Like, at this point, everyone knows that Jensen is just Disney backwards. And he was inspired by Walt. Yeah. And, yeah. But I just find that really funny. And whenever I watch it, I just think I just think of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Um, hey, hey, I, I wanted to say something. Uh-huh. Did you know Jensen is Disney backwards? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my I did God. not know that. <laughs> that is brand new information. Okay. Fantasia 2000? Yeah, so let's jump right into Fantasia 2000 and let's just start with also our memories. I know that's going to be very short as well. So, Tammy, do you have any memories of Fantasia 2000? No. <laughs> your memories, your memories okay. go okay, as so far Okay, so there's one thing. Today. It's not really a memory, but... um. So I used to be obsessed with this Aladdin commentary. It was like a, oh. an hour and a half move, a f- documentary about the making of the Aladdin movie. Okay. And there was a good part of it with an animator called Eric Goldberg. He's the, yeah. he's the man that designed the genie. And he mm-hmm. also was a main artistic uh, director on Fantasia 2000. And he, would talk ab- yeah, and he would talk about how the genie was inspired by, uh, by Al Hirschfeld. Um, the thick and thick lines, the designs of his cartoon work, um, that, that, that really inspired him that not just the genie, actually just the, just the whole artistic direction of Aladdin, they, the thick and thick lines, um, of Aladdin that make it and the curve curvature of all the designs really were influenced by Al Hirschfeld. And you can actually see that in Rhapsody Blue, like it's a very curvy design for all the people and all the, everything in the, in the short. And, um, he was really inspired by Al Hirschfeld and he would talk about how he was a hero of his and how he was a big influence on Aladdin and then that he was very thankful that he got to work with him again in Fantasia for Rhapsody in Blue. So I was really excited to watch that because I've watched that documentary like a hundred times since I was 16 and it was just really nice to see and Rhapsody in Blue is one of my favorite shorts and I'll talk about that later but yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of a memory than I have like <laughs> of this movie like at all like if I did never watched Fantasia I, I I think I I could have never watched Fantasia 2000 yeah. I think the only memory I actually do have is like sometime I was watching the Disney channel like I was zapping through channels and I wound up at Disney channel when they were playing Fantasia 2000 but it was at the pomp and circumstance short that's basically <coughs> the second to last short with Donald mm-hmm. and I watched it from there, but like that was all I ever watched that the Donald short and the 
the final Firebird. the Firebird mm-hmm. um, short, but I wasn't really actually paying attention. Like I was just, it was something that I had put on the background. Um, so like this was actually my first time watching it, <laughs> and yeah, I've, I'll talk about my feelings about the movie like in a little bit, but. Yeah, it was a fantastic experience. And there I go with the word fantastic again. I was trying to use it on purpose. Or maybe. Maybe it's my subconscious. Oh my god. Fantasia. Fantasia. So, yeah, I think it's a deserving continuation of Fantasia. And that's my general thoughts on it. I'm going to continue to end it. Okay. As I said, I watched this movie as a kid. I, I don't think I watched it as much as others, but I, I do remember when I was going to my to my grandma's house, to my grandma's from my from my father's side, yeah. It, she only had about three VHS that she only owned three VHSs. So it was a, a goofy movie. It was Fantasia 2000 and it was Home Alone. And f- <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, neither of, of the cousins wanted a live-action movie, so we always watched one of those two. And I think that that's the reason I watched it as a kid. And But but when I had my resurgence on the Disney movies, I remember very clearly I owned this DVD because in one of the Secret Santas in my classroom on middle school, I asked for the Fantasia 2000 DVD <laughs> and the Princess and the Frog DVD. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't know, I think it was like an special edition or something. Uh, no, wait, I think, I don't remember. I don't remember. It was like the 10th anniversary, so like if it was if it was at the same time of Princess and the Frog, that was around 2009, so no, but, it should have been the 10th anniversary. But Princess and the Frog was released in theaters in 2009, I think. So maybe it was like a year after that. But yeah, maybe it, uh, the edition the was DVD, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but actually that that DVD has, uh, I don't know if it's the same in, in English, Destino? Or is it Destino? Oh yeah, the, Destino, from I think. Destino from Dali. And that that's what, how I watched that short. And yeah, I, I just have a lot of memories with this. And when we were... When we were watching it, I was like, oh, I remember this short, and Aww. I remember that one, and I remember this one, and I was like, oh, this one is good, but this one is also <laughs> so very good. And I just love every single short in both Fantasia movies. I love them so much, including the first the first one in Fantasia, the original Fantasia, even though it's kind of boring for some people. I liked it. And I think it's a nice introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I said on the first episode on the introductory episode that this was my favorite Disney sequel and I stand mm-hmm. by it and I think it's actually one of my favorite Disney movies as well. Yeah, it's a yeah. good one. Like the fant- Fantasia in general, oh, like yeah. the Fantasia saga. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies. Amazing. It's, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it too. <laughs> okay, so let's jump right into our thoughts on what we liked about the the movie and we're gonna go i think we're gonna go sequence by sequence right we should we should yeah, do that like how we did for um, bell's magical, magical world no world. the other <laughs> masterpiece <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. same world. format um okay so if anyone out there listening to this podcast has never watched fantasia or fantasia the thousand i'm get, i'm just gonna um go a quick run through of what this is it's basically a collection of shorts 
of animated shorts um, set to different pieces of classical music. And it, that's the gist of it. That's basically all of it. And then each each short has it has its story and its moral and its style. And I think it's I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, what I was saying about it being groundbreaking, it's also because for Disney, it's not usual to see all this different variety of animation. Mm-hmm. Like mainly, they have they have a very specific style for each. Um, era of their studio and this is a nice way of showcasing different styles of animation like Disney animators are so talented and they deserve like this window to express themselves in a more I guess liberal way I, I read on the Fantasia IMDB trivia that Walt basically gave them like a lot of freedom with it and they got to choose all the colors, the color palette of each short like Walt didn't intervene on their creative decisions, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, again, with the fantastic. <laughs> uh, okay, just I'm just gonna that. I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna yeah. let it flow. Um, so yeah, I think that was uh, that, that. That's why Fantasia like is really important. Mm-hmm. And what I was getting to with this, <laughs> I had a point. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you had. Oh. I'm sure I did. I got lost somewhere along the way. Awesome. <laughs> Um, you were oh yeah, I was just, I just, yeah, I was just explaining, it and I was actually wanted to share like this bit of trivia that I just read that Jeffrey Katzenberg oh. was opposed to this movie, like he didn't want it to get oh. made for some reason. I don't know because I don't know because Jeffrey, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah, it's just Katzenberg. He wanted to take part of your world out of the Little Mermaid. <sighs> don't remind me. He took like, like ten minutes out of the Black Cauldron. Yeah, he edited the, the Black Cauldron by himself because he just wasn't happy with what they were doing and he just took the film and just edited it himself. And he was, he's, he's a very strange man. Yeah. Anyway, what I was getting to is that he was supposed to this movie getting made, but the animators wanted it to wanted to make it anyway, so they started making it behind his back. And I, think, I love it. Wait, big that's amazing. I just love that piece of information. And I just love to imagine the animators working on it and Jeffrey Katzenberg suddenly appearing on their offices and be like, what are you doing? Nothing, sir. I'm working on Kingdom of the Sun. What, what, what do I hilarious. look like I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Someone should make a movie about that. Actually, the, the Rebel uh, Alliance of the Disney animators. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there, like, a drawing that some of the animators, one of the animators uh, made that it's Jeffrey Katzenberg in a in a devil's costume yeah. or something. Oh, yeah. oh, they did. They, yeah. it's, an, it's an archive. It it's real. They, yeah, they you did should that. You should watch uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's a documentary. Oh, about I that I love piece. it. I love that documentary. Yeah, it's in, it's, it's in there. It's in there. Oh, I it's one, it's I gotta, part of the B roll. It's just it like again. one second. Yeah, yeah, you should because it's there and it's really hilarious and yeah, <laughs> like I I I don't know. Jeffrey Katzenberg is a controversial figure and we shouldn't have a debate on him right now. <laughs> right now we're. I was just saying the facts. He didn't want this movie to get made, but thank God the animators like pull through and they decided they were not gonna hear it from their own chairman and <laughs> went through with the project anyway and thank god for that because yeah okay so let's jump right into it i love this movie i think it's fantastic again <laughs> i loved every second of it ever since it started and until it ended and i just was longing for more because i think this Aww. movie is not long enough like fantasia is the only this movie that hours. that's two hours long and Fantasia 2000 is just like 77 minutes long 
and like it ended and I was like but I want yeah, more it is actually a pretty short I film want more. <laughs> like it it's like the length of a uh, direct-to-home video movie. And I don't know why it's so short. Uh, like, I definitely think that they, they should have added more shorts because I just I, I just keep longing for more. Yeah. With Destino, it's a little bit longer, but not the original cut. No, okay. but Destino was supposed to be, like, Fantasia 2006. That was mm-hmm. the original plan. Yeah. But when, once Fantasia 2006 was scrapped, like, they released the shorts individually. The, the shorts that they had, or they had already made. And yeah, so that wasn't supposed to be in Fantasia. Like, anyway, so it's still, it was still yeah. going to be short. Maybe it will be in Fantasia 24. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, were, we were theorizing in NI that when they will make the next Fantasia in like 2040, because it will be the 100th anniversary of Fantasia. And like, I think it would be a fantastic opportunity and they could showcase the, the new. The new, yeah, the new developments Good. of animation and just how it has developed since, like, 1940. Oh. And I think it would be perfect. And yeah. I don't know if someone at Disney is thinking about it right now, but they definitely should. And I if I, if 2040 gets here and we don't get any fantasia, I'm going to riot. <laughs> well, let, let's go and take <laughs> Do it, Disney, well, Disney Animation Studios. We'll yeah. be the next chairman. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go short by short, shall we? Shall we? Okay. Yes, we shall. So the first short in this movie is called Symphony Number no. Five. Of course, it's based on Lu- um, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, and it's basically a direct throwback to the original Fantasia opening because it's all abstract and it's um, patterns and lights and colors. Yeah, so that's basically that's basically it's just <laughs> a very short short about nothing in particular. Just the Wikipedia page says that it's supposed to be like a battle of light and dark. And I definitely see that. I definitely see mm-hmm. what they what they mean by that, because it's definitely like showcasing lights. And the animation of light in this short is amazing. It's absolutely aus- outstanding. Like I'm watching it right now, and it's like how did like and the way that it goes with the music. Like the Fifth Symphony of Beethoven is like one of my favorite pieces of music ever. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I just I just find it catchy, and I find it like. <laughs> dramatic theater, dramatic and that's that's me <laughs> and I just love I just love the colors and the, the patterns that they chose for the for the short mm-hmm. I think it's just really fun to watch like all those yellows and yeah. blues and pinks it just yeah. really the the sky yeah and you you can watch this and watch the original Fantasia like original original opening short and you can see like you can actually see and basically like almost feel the the difference in, in animation that um, <laughs> 50 something years mm-hmm. had and it's just fantastic to watch I, I just love uh, I love the short so much what do you guys think? <laughs> no you're right like you're saying that I'm just thinking about the difference in animation and my heart is racing um, Fantasia was groundbreaking and then then again Fantasia 2000 is showcasing all these new technologies and new forms of animation and yes this is the mm-hmm. the kind of animation Disney was doing in the in the beginning of the 2000s late 90s and it feels like it and but it's also it's very experimental and it has a lot of geometric shapes like it has these butterflies 
this butterfly thing is that it's just like mm -hmm. two tri triangles. triangles and it's 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 telling a story with just those shapes and the music and the colors and wow just yeah just the level of creativity that mm -hmm. has to go through to pull this off i i can't yeah. even begin to to imagine like sitting at a table with a pencil in my hand and trying to come <laughs> up with something to put to classical music like this and I'm just baffled. Yeah. I'm just amazed at the talent. Yeah. So what do you think, Timmy? I just, I, like, like you said, I'm amazed how the animation fits perfectly with the music. Like, everything is just in time and is paced well. And the what I was thinking when I was watching this is, I don't know if it's accurate. I, I, I don't know if I have a misinformed view of what this disorder is, but synesthesia. Synesth do you know what I'm talking about? When, you, yeah. when you're stimulated yes. by music, sometimes people see colors and shapes. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I thought. Like with every dark, with every like strong beat, there was like a like an explosion or like mm -hmm. um, something popped up. And it and with the soothing beats, that's when when the soothing music came on. That's when the butterflies are flying around in the clouds. And it's just everything <coughs> was absolutely perfect and fit the music amazingly. And like you said, I can't imagine being an artist and listening to the music and creating these scenes that were inspired by this music. It takes an intense amount of creativity and it's really, really wonderful to start off this film. Yes, you're totally right. It's like like we said, it's the like the opening number from the original Fantasia but plus uh, plus two thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a fantastic opening. Like it just gets you right in the mood to watch a bunch of animation just mm -hmm. and just to enjoy that. And I think it's It's a perfect mood setting. I would yeah. that's that's how I would qualify this this um this short. Like like in the original Fantasia the the that the first short it was really soothing and just kind of put you to sleep. <laughs> kind yeah, of kind if of. you're tired, you're definitely <laughs> going bit. to sleep. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But yeah, I think definitely this one has a little bit more energy something. and yeah. No, that's something that I loved about Fantasia 2000 that I like I don't want to say I found Fantasia boring. Like, it's not. It's a great film. But, like, like you said, I like I watched this when I was, like, late at night after work and I was tired. And I was dozing off a little bit. It's very <laughs> soothing. It's very mellow. And mm -hmm. Fantasia 2000 really had all that energy and really kept me invested in its shorts. Oh, and that's uh, also, what I appreciated about the difference. And maybe that's also a difference in time. You know, the style of... Mm -hmm the entertainment of the time yeah and the audience was different yeah, you're well. totally right you're totally yes. totally right you're like, yeah, spot what, on what was entertaining for the people in the 40s is not as entertaining for the people of the 90s <coughs> so they had to adapt to that and they did perfectly i think uh well like we said fantasia it's it was really groundbreaking and it's a really really important piece of history and i said it, it was entertaining for me uh, but the the pieces in fantasia 2000 had a a quicker rhythm like a fast rhythm and just because of the time that it was made it's not just gratuitous and it also fits like Walt's vision of what Fantasia could be like mm -hmm. just this platform of, for showing how animation has developed and everything that you can achieve with animation and that's why I think they can and they should keep making Fantasia movies yeah. uh, every, every, so, every so often because technology okay. advances like If they made a Fantasia today, 
like it would be so different from the the ones yeah. we've had. Gosh, it would be all CGI. Yeah, it, it would all be CGI. <laughs> or like the Paperman animation or something yeah, like that. Like, imagine yeah. all, all oh, they could do. Like imagine beautiful. I can imagine that like them developing some kind of 4D um, oh. system for the Fantasia. Like I don't know. Like, like we said, 2040. Like so, you can go watch it and just have a complete different experience like a unique experience and that's what Walt wanted Fantasia to be and that's what Fantasia 2000 Fantasia 2000 keeps doing I think and it's that's why mm-hmm. I think it's such a deserving sequel mm-hmm. so uh do you guys want to move on to the next the next short um uh, yeah yes okay So this one, <laughs> oh, I have the softest spot for this oh, one. Yeah. The next short is Pines of Rome by Ottorino Respighi. I'm hope I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> Sounds Italian. <laughs> I guess. And it's about a group of whales, a family of whales, and the the youngest one gets lost from its parents and gets trapped in an iceberg and has to break through to get back to them. And it's just a fantastic little short about whales flying in space. Yeah, and, I, and you—if mm-hmm. you would tell me that without any context, I would be like, oh, "What? Did you just smoke?" <laughs> I love it. But can, put I, to can film? I just ask? Did yeah. anyone did anyone roll their eyes when Steve Martin came up? What, why? No. Oh, like no. I think, I it, I think what happened with him? <laughs> I just thought it was so out of place. I feel like it took think, me out of the film. Really? A, a why? Little bit, a, a little bit. I'm just gonna say because I don't think Steve Martin is as relevant as he was maybe when it's this so movie sweet. came out. Like, maybe they thought, like, I don't know why they yeah. didn't get, like, Robin Williams. I think he would have made a, a more... That is so... Huge. Like, I, I thought they should have, like, had Disney legends. Like, they had... I don't yeah. know. James Earl Jones? Yeah, like, Angela Yeah, you know? James Earl Jones, Angela Lansbury. You could have had Robin Williams. That would have meant so much more than having yeah. Steve Martin. Or even um, those two magicians. I don't remember their names. And Ben yeah, Midler. Um... I don't... I didn't understand those choices. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like, I don't know why they're... Why... Why they chose Steve Martin particularly, and I don't know if it took me out of the movie, but I do think it doesn't hold up as well as they intended mm. back then. Like yeah. looking back, I don't think they would have picked him if <laughs> they if they had known. I think mm-hmm. they would have gone with someone like we said, as Robin Williams, someone who was more exactly. timeless. Did something happen with, with okay. Steve Martin no, that I don't not know? Relevant. Oh, okay. I just didn't think he was an appropriate choice as a as a like as a. Uh, a yeah, host for this I think it's just a it just really took me out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was it. Okay, continue. So yeah, yeah. Pines of Rome. Um, I think in in theory, like the the idea for the sh- the short is kind of weird, and like <laughs> I, I I would have the hardest time in picturing it. But once you see it on film, you're like, yes, yes, <laughs> like you're sold. You're absolutely sold on it. So what do you guys think about this? Uh, I, like you said, I do have the softest spot for this one because it's about a little whale, a little flying whale, and <laughs> I love whales. And it's just, it, it, this, I think this short has everything because it starts, okay, you're introduced to the family and then the baby gets lost and then you just stay with, with the baby, just wondering how will, how will he get out. Then... 
then well you you have the music to to accompany it with and you're you're just feeling all the all these things and you're just worried for the, for the little whale and then i don't know it 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 becomes like this whole thing with a lot of other whales and they start flying onto the sky and beams of light appear and the music just rushes in and it's just wow and also the the animation it's really particular it's unusual and i don't know if it's the the technology that they used or because i i don't i don't think i've seen something quite like this since the since i've since this has come out like mm -hmm. the eyes uh, move a little differently from the skin and but but the sky it's like more traditional but it's cdi but it's also 2d it, it i don't know it's really remarkable yeah i i like i said i don't remember anything that looks like this and the ending is just awesome as well mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. i did read that um well all the whales are cgi Mm -hmm. and like that's obvious if you see it like yeah. you can just tell but i read on the imdb that the eyes are 2d animated mm -hmm. like they they made that decision because they were trying to get the whales to have the cgi eyes but they didn't have the technology to make the eyes as expressive as, as they wanted it to be so they mm. decided to just have the whales cgi and animate separately the eyes mm -hmm. in 2d That's and I think that that mm -hmm. makes for a very particular, as Andy says, look. And I just really mm -hmm. appreciate it so much. And I don't know, I mm -hmm. guess it, I, the CGI, of course, looks a little bit, just a tiny bit dated because, we, you know, yeah. we, 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 we just saw Moana like <laughs> um, almost two years ago. And like you, you just see the look of the ocean, of the water, of the creatures there. And it looks just so much smoother, of course. But it still ho holds up amazingly well. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah. I, I think what I like most about the short is just how creative uh, it is. Like, they, they could have made it just with whales on water. Yeah. You know, just swimming around in water. Mm -hmm. But they didn't just, they weren't just sell, they weren't going to settle with that. They <laughs> pictured the whales flying mm -hmm. and whales, and whales but times 2000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the motto for this movie like make everything to plus to death. <laughs> like yeah. Like I just really love that. I, I love the the image of flying whales and mm, and, and the clouds. And using the clouds as if uh, as if it was the sea. And I just kept gasping throughout yeah. the whole short. I kept gasping because I was just amazed at everything. Like when they're underwater, the way the light plates The, the way the light plays with the shapes of the whales and how it creates shadows and just how it perfectly mm -hmm. emulates the feeling of being underwater. And then when they get out and start floating and they eventually get through the clouds and they just start splashing around in the clouds, mm. it's a fantastic image and it's iconic. And I don't think that I have ever seen something like that. And there's a reason why most of the marketing for this movie i think it's this short yeah especially that yes. shot of the whales well, at the end. jumping from the clouds at the end and because it's just iconic and it's a beautiful it's just beautiful to look at i have no other i have no other words to describe it i think it's just 
it's beautiful. It's art animated. And this this is what animation <laughs> is. Like, it's know? art. It's art. Okay. So what do you think, Timmy? <laughs> Um, okay, so I love this short because whales are one of my favorite animals. I just love how they're yes. gentle giant, giants, and I, I think they're so adorable, and I love them. And I love stars. I love stars. Mm. I think they're gorgeous. I love looking up at the sky and when I see a ton of stars. And just seeing them in that end shot, like, fly, flying throughout the stars, it's, mm. it's absolutely gorgeous, and it's one of my favorite things ever. I think it's just absolutely breathtaking and as I was watching this film like I'm looking at it again um and I don't know like complete correct me if I'm off but you know how I how we were talking about how this is a marriage between two different mediums of art music and drawing and I was looking at it like the way that they thought that this could be a marriage between two interrelated things like flying and swimming so the way they fly through the sky is very is like it's like they're swimming through the ocean and it's like a marriage between those two elements and they're very different but you can also see a gracefulness that coincides between both those two different parts of the world and I think they just found that connection and went for it and it's it turned into this beautiful masterpiece that is really poetic can I just say they also marriage CGI into the animation yeah there you go yes so many marriages in this in this in this, in this show, it's just wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I just I could watch it over and over again and not get bored. Yes. Like if I had seen this as a child, I think this would have been one of those scenes that I just kept rewinding because I I was that kind of child that uh, we know. Yeah, I just <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I I re- used to rew- used to rewind the my favorite scenes in movies. Like it was annoying. Like my cousins constantly were like going to my mom and telling them that Gina is not letting us watch the movie because she just wants to keep repeating the same scenes mm-hmm. and this would be one of those scenes that I would just keep repeating and mm-hmm. forcing my cousins to watch again and again mm-hmm. because I just think, I just can't get enough of it uh, can I just say uh, the host, Steve Martin I guess <laughs> uh, I didn't remember it was him uh, but at the when he's presenting the short he's saying when you hear the title Pines of Rome you imagine okay so the music you accompany it with images of Rome and of cities and of people, but when the animators listen to the music, they thought about flying whales. And I don't know why that line is stuck with me until today. I just always remember that line. I don't know why. Maybe... I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It just showcases how different the You don't have to explain it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, I love that. I don't know. Yeah. Next short. Do uh, you want to go to the next one? Yeah, I think uh, Tammy has a lot to say about this. This has such a special um, a special history and special, like, I don't know what to call it. This is this was my second favorite short when I was a kid. I love okay. this short. I love I this love short. This it's short. amazing. Okay, let me, let me introduce it. Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I'm not. And it's basically it's a short set in New York City. 
in the 1930s and it's designed after how as as Tammy said the design the the style of drawing of all Hirsch, Hirschfeld is that correct? Yeah, Al Hirschfeld. Hirschfeld. Sorry. And it's basically a short about a different a bunch of different people in New York that wants Oh, each of them have, has a different like dream and I guess goal uh-huh. and different struggle and all their stories end mm-hmm. up colliding without them knowing and at the end they basically everyone gets what they wanted and it's a very just a special little short and I do you do any of you guys want to start? And Tammy, you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I can start. Well, like I said, it was a collaboration between Al Hirschfeld and Eric Goldberg, and I think actually his wife worked on it too. I could be wrong. I think that's Eric's what I heard in the or, documentary. or else Eric's wife. Uh-huh. Yeah, Eric's, Eric's, wife. Um, Eric's um, wife and yeah. I mean, Eric and his wife um, <laughs> okay. were really involved in this. Yeah, but um, as I was watching, as I was preparing to watch this film, I, I remembered that I had this memory of Eric Goldberg idolizing Al Hirschfeld and getting to work with him, and so yeah. I did a bit of research, and I was, um, I, I found out that, um, well, it's just like a funny little tidbit, so Al Hirschfeld, um, Eric Goldberg was a big fan of Al Hirschfeld when he was a little kid. And um, his parents introduced him to his cartoons and he was hooked ever since. And it may have influenced mm-hmm. his art style even. And um, so you can imagine how old Al Hirschfeld was when Eric himself, Eric Goldberg himself became an animator. He was, mm-hmm. he was pretty old. So um, when he was on the set of, when he was working on Aladdin, he called him up saying that you're a big influence. I was wondering if you would like to, if you would like to visit the set, um, I'm working for Disney. We have this film. You're a big influence. Do you want to see our work? And yeah, what he, Al Hirschfeld told Eric Goldberg was that um, I would love to, but I have like three deadlines due on Monday, and I need uh-huh. to finish my work. But thank you for the offer. And the th- first thing that Eric Goldberg thinks is that this dude is 87 and still has three deadlines. <laughs> That's like that. That's how you can tell how he loved his work. You know, he just kept doing it until like he couldn't do it anymore. Like he kept he kept going until his late 80s even. And um, I'm glad that they finally got to meet and they finally got to work together on this wonderful short. They got to collaborate and like it's a love letter to New York City. And I think New York City is a wonderful, wonderful place. And it's I went there in the summer and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's nothing like I've ever seen before. The skyscrapers are honestly they look like they reach the sky and mm-hmm. um it's super busy. It's super lively and I think they portrayed the busyness and the liveliness of New York City in this short. And one thing that really stands out to me is the colors and how mm-hmm. this really shows how colors can tell a story and um how it can tell and how it can show character. I really like how um, they had they had like the little girl have like a really vibrant purple. It shows like her youth, her energy, and I like how um, the like when you, and then there's that older woman who has like a more muted purple. Like it shows her age. It shows how she's a bit not as um, not as young, not as lively as the little girl. Like it's the same color, but like the difference in shades can really tells tells you about their character and who they are. And I just think they did amazingly with that, and it's it's a beautiful short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, <laughs> you just said everything. You said every, every, everything oh, I'm so right. Sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I love no, it. 
I, I, I meant it less a compliment. Like you, you did well. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you said, um, for for example, I don't know that there is a man that it's the man that is searching for a job, and all his colors his are really is muted. Job is Joe, by the way. Oh my god, they have names. Yeah, what are they, they names? Everyone, everyone has a name. Like every main character of this short has a name. I think the little girl, the little girl is called Rachel. Oh. Um. The okay. constructor worker is um Duke. Mm-hmm. He's named after a famous jazz uh, player, accordingly. Nice. And the jobless person is called Jobless Joe. <laughs> and I think um, the guy that 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 is married to this very uptight woman is called John, I think. I don't remember. I read it, read it on, on IMDb, but the one that really stuck to me was um, <laughs> Jobless Joe. Joe because it was just really funny. And I think he it was mentioned that He's the only one that's named after he, that's not named after anyone in particular. <laughs> okay. Poor Japanese joke. But <laughs> well, why why was the little girl named Rachel because of he, because um the daughter of Eric and his wife. Oh, uh, okay. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um things that I can say about this short, I haven't seen this type of animation done by Disney ever again. After mm-hmm. this short, I don't know if there, if you, if there's something I'm, I'm missing, but I don't think I, I've seen that, and I really mm-hmm. like it. Like you said, it it's inspired on this artist, and it just the the whole short feels really inspired, and it feels like all the people working on it were were just really giving their all on it, and really liking uh, the product. I I don't know how long was it in production, but this short is. 12 minutes long 12 minutes centimeter short and it has just a lot of detail and that's all that that is something you can applaud applaud to and i uh, yeah also this this music they they chose it's one of my favorite pieces of music ever and i have a <laughs> little piece of trivia that nobody will ever <laughs> I, i don't know if somebody ever noticed this, but I don't, I don't remember in what Stroll Little movie was it that one part of this music was playing on the background when the cat is talking to the other cat. And, oh and I remember I noticed this when I was a kid and was like, oh my God, it's the music from Fantasia 2000. And like, I all... Whenever I hear this music, it's like, oh my god, it's too little. Before I think about Fantasia 2000. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's just really, really fun. It just never stops. The, this, this, all, this has all, all sorts of detail, and each, each, uh, each frame has, I don't know, their own thing. Everything is, everything is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. And I really like that it's all interconnected stories about people that no, don't know each other. Yeah. And I, I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for those kind of stories. So, Gina? Oh. <laughs> I just, just, I'm just right there with you guys on, on praising this short. I think it's fantastic. I absolutely love the rhythm of it. Yeah. It's so alive. Like, it's a very jazzy sort of uh, music yes. and rhythm. And I just love that. I think it's fanta- It's the perfect music to set this uh, short to. Um, I love how... I just love how everything just feels so alive. And, you know, as we have mentioned in the past, we Andy and I are film students. Mm-hmm. And I just have to applaud how 
this short in such a short time with no dialogue it gets you to feel for these characters mm -hmm. in just brief moments and you absolutely feel for them and sometimes it's very cheap for you as a as a filmmaker to just grant your characters wishes at the end like sometimes if if you don't handle it correctly it can just feel forced it can feel not deserved and it can feel just lazy mm -hmm. but they actually go to the trouble of just showcasing the pain that the people go through in their daily lives because they they don't have what they want and you just feel for them and you desperately want them to get it so by the end when they do get it in this like fantastic big um, animated sequence when everything gets connected in the end it just feels cathartic it feels deserved it felt it feels like this is what was meant to happen mm -hmm. and I just I just have to praise it to death because It does. It is 12 minutes long, and that's a very long time for an animated short. Yeah. But in perspective, it's not a long time to present five, six different characters, with each with a different story, each with a different wish, each with a different goal mm -hmm. and a different, mm -hmm. you know, personality. And they do, and they do that, and they absolutely nail it. And I just, I think this is a short that every filmmaker or aspiring filmmaker should watch yeah because it just shows the power of of images the power of showing and not telling i don't need any words mm -hmm. i don't need any any yeah that i don't need any words to understand these characters and i think you can relate to every single one of them <laughs> every single one of them yeah i think everyone has one in particular that they can identify with but You just mm -hmm. feel for everyone. And I just need to praise that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic little short. I, it's 12 minutes long, but it does not feel like that because it's <laughs> masterful in its pacing. It's masterful in its style. I think it's just such a unique... Because it was inspired by this artist, it's so unique. It's so different from everything in Fantasia 2000 and mm -hmm. in, the whole, in Disney as a whole. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just this is another one that I could watch over and over again and keep finding details like and just maybe I can just put this and f look for a specific part that I want to watch again, but end up watching it all <laughs> yeah. again because it's just so compelling to watch. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a, such a fun short. Like it's fun, it's it is. emotional, it's artistic, it's I it's everything. <laughs> I I cannot even begin like I don't know I, I can't find the words like for to describe this strategy is it making you want to go to New York oh, I, yes. I, I'm the only one of you guys that have has never been to New York Tammy has and Andy has I have never been I to New York I loved it I don't remember I would never want to live there but I, I liked it <laughs> I want I really want to go I think it's one of the my biggest goals in life because I, I a guess, lot of Alexander you know, Hamilton just, stuff in New York Oh, oh yeah. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have a hoodie. New York loves Hamilton. Oh, uh, yeah. I bet. And yeah, just such a place. You keep hearing all amazing stories and about New York. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think this this short perfectly makes you want to at least visit it. But yeah, mm -hmm. I also kind of feel like I will be disappointed if this song Rhapsody in Blue <laughs> is not playing everywhere when I go to New York. 24-7. Like, where's my jazzy vibes? <laughs> That's what iPhones are for. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Like, where's Duke? Where's Rachel? Where's Jobless Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite New Yorker, guys? Oh, I think it's Ooh. Duke. Yeah. The the constructor the construction worker, I think. I just really I, love I, I like Duke too. <laughs> like, I really but I also like, like that. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Sorry. No, I just really like um, the, the, how he has a job, but his true dream is becoming a jazz musician. Mm-hmm. And then his yeah. job is eventually taken over by Jobless Joe. No, uh, when, no. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. When, once he goes and actually like starts fulfilling his dream of becoming a jazz uh, musician, he leaves his job and then Jobless Joe comes and, he's, and the, he just gets <laughs> hired because I need someone. And I just love how that connects, like those yes. two stories connect. Like you don't know how your actions will impact another another's life. And I think that's part of the... <laughs> the message of this short and yeah I just I just love it and I think Duke is my favorite I think yeah I don't know I have a soft spot for musicians <laughs> yeah I think my favorite is the the John was his name was his Jobless, name? no uh, the, the, John. The, man, the man who wants to be free of his wife <laughs> yeah yeah that's John I, think. I so, love him too he's, he's my so I think he's too. my favorite too I love his character design and all he wants yes. is just to be happy that's yeah, all he just, only just wants to get out. He just wants he wants to find himself. He wants to dance with uh with uh what are they called? Cabaret dancers? Yes. Yeah. He just wants to be free and call, live his life. What do you call the thing that's like drawn in the ground that is like numbered and he starts jumping on it? Hopscotch. Oh yeah. What? Hopscotch. Okay, that's it's a very no. Well, well <laughs> no, of course, in Spanish it's a completely different word, but I just love. Yeah. I think it's sorry. I think it's different in in different Countries cities. And cities and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Mexico alone. Yeah. Um, but I just love that he's playing on that, and his wife just turns to him, and he's like, "Oh," and he stops, mm. and like, I've I've been John at that moment, like <laughs> when I'm just trying to have fun and like be oh. be a little wild, and and someone. Someone eventually has to be like, Gina, tone it down. Gina, what are you doing? Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just love, I, I really love him because I think it's really, it's just a, 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 how do you say, a reminder of not letting your inner child die, mm. even by, you know, yeah, real, life, real life, real life and just everything that, that can be wrong in the real world. Mm. But, you know, if you have that childlike, you know, I guess innocence, but also like wonder and spirit, I think you can, like you should have it and you should not let people get you down for that. And I really like that. I really like how yeah. he expresses that. Oh, very cute lessons. On that makes me short. love John, to love John even more. Yeah. <laughs> to hold on to into my own life. Like, I can still be an, a mature adult and do adult things and still, like, feel childlike and keep yeah. that within myself. Mm-hmm. And that's so yeah. much of why I want to be an elementary school teacher because I appreciate I I want to help them keep that as they transition into middle school, into high school. I want them to be able to know it's okay to, ha- to be childlike, to be themselves because that's one of the best qualities they're ever going to have. Yeah, I love that. That's I love, amazing. I love everything that you can 
like you, we can we can just dissect this short character by character and like it could feel its own podcast I think <laughs> um, we're not gonna do that but like if you haven't seen the short if you haven't seen Fetish the Thousand then definitely do I think you have no idea what you're missing it's, it's stylish and it's beautiful and it's pretty and it's emotional and yeah <laughs> okay we can go on to yeah we can move on to the next one I think this yes. is a very fun one Concerto number two, and it's by Dmitry Shostakovich, and it's based on the Steadfast in Soldier by Hans Christian Andersen. One of my favorite mm-hmm. tales. Ah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. And I, um, they they mentioned this in the in the movie. Um, it's introduced by Beth Midler. They mm-hmm. they mentioned how um, they had been trying to make this story, like Disney had been trying to portray this, and I think. There even was plans to have um, the steadfast teen soldier in the original Fantasia, but they could just not find the right music for it until they eventually found this piano concerto, and they just found it perfect for for the story. Mm-hmm. And the big difference is that this actually has a happy ending, and the original does not. <laughs> um, do any of, any of you guys want to start talk, to talk about this? Uh, I can do that. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, then again, this is a kind of animation that I haven't seen anywhere else. Oh, oh just um, quick um, interesting trivia. This is actually the first Disney non-Pixar animated thing ever to just be completely CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and actually, these kinds of CGI um, make sense. And it helps because the well, it's a ballerina and it's a little tin soldier, and they're well, toys or something. I, I don't know yeah. what texture they tra- they were trying to go for, but yeah. And well, the the, the little story about about the short is there's this little ballerina that is dancing and it's like stalked by this. I don't know, Jack, Jack in the, the box. box, that is really, really creepy. Really creepy. I, I was just watching yeah, no, it, it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And you have this, I don't know how you call it, this batch of tin soldiers. Yeah, just a bunch of tin soldiers. A bunch teen, of tin soldiers. Yeah, and one of them is missing a leg, and of course this is our hero. Oh. And he fall, well, he falls in love with the ballerina, and the ballerina is actually just king to him. And But then... And things happen. The Jack in the Box finds out, and he uh, he pushes he pushes the Tin Soldier out of the window, and then he comes uh, and down down the sewers, and mm-hmm. yeah, and things start very to get <laughs> very very to of him, and things start escalating and escalating, and I didn't remember this the short to be this exciting. <laughs> but yeah, he almost dies like a bunch of times. Yeah. But in somehow he for um for a variety of reasons that that you were conveniently conveniently there, he comes back to the house and comes back to the ballerina and ultimately saves her from the jack in the box, and that is the happy ending. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Disney has this habit of 
making happy endings for Hans Christian Andersen stories. And yeah, I really like the short. It's just really, really cute. The I really like the the character designs, and the mm -hmm. animation really helps. Is it's kind of stuffy, and you see, okay, it's really from the two thousands or well, not two thousands, this is late nineties. Late nineties. <laughs> yes, and. But it also, it also, I don't know if it's completely CGI, I don't know if it has like a 2D makeup or something, because... It has like a paint painterly feel. Yeah, yes. Yes. And I don't know, the ballerina is really cute, and they, they are really cute. Also, one one thing that that's, it's really adorable is that he goes to a ballerina because he thinks she's also missing one leg yeah but actually she's just in the pose and in a in a yes. ballet pose and he's I just and then he... I, was like, as soon as I, I was like oh, my heart ached for him yeah like because you just know that it's it's been hard for him to just have one leg because he yeah. is very clumsy and he mm. causes trouble because of that and when he sees um when he sees her just standing in one leg he's like oh she's like me and that's what makes him approach her Hmm. And once he realizes that she does have two legs, he kind of gets disappointed, but yeah. she still likes him, you know? And he still likes yeah. her, even though mm. she has two legs. And it's perfect. <laughs> she can so teach him how to be graceful on one leg. Yeah. It's oh my god, It's adorable. I ship it, too. That's all I was thinking when I was watching this. I ship it. I also thought of Gina. Yeah. I was like, Gina would love this because she's a Libra yeah. and she's romantic. Uh, like I, I was really amazed at how fast I fell in love with Luke exactly. Soldier Very, and how fast my I point fell exactly. And how, yeah, exactly. Like you know, you know, Thames, and just at how fast I fell in love with their relationship. Like just that moment of him seeing her in one leg, like oh, that just pulled my heartstrings. It was, I was a goner since then, Aww. and just to see him just battle and fighting his his way for her, for her basically because he cares about her and he doesn't want her to be at the mercy of this creepy jack in the box. <laughs> I just it's just I just find that so brave and so cute and oh, I love the Tin Soldier. He's he's a hero. <laughs> I stand the Tin Soldier from Fantasia Two Thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the music is it's really awesome. Like uh, it was said in the beginning they didn't have the right music and Okay, it it paid off to wait because yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine the show with another music. Yeah, uh, Tammy, you want to say your thoughts? Yes, my thoughts. Um, well, like I said, I did fall in love with the love story. Like, I I thought this was one of my favorites. Oh, I like them all, but like when they mm -hmm. got that little romance at the end, I was like, it just made me all warm inside, and I just really loved it. I was like, this is sweet and it's wonderful, and I will rewatch this over again. And actually, as I was watching it, I remembered, like, I read the story as a kid. Like, I didn't remember mm -hmm. that at first. And, like, right when he was dropping into the ocean, I was like, he's going to be eaten by a fish, isn't he? <laughs> and then he got eaten yeah. by the fish. And I'm like, I know this story. And I don't know. Like, um, it, it just, I don't know what I, I also thought about, like, the book of Jonah in, in the Bible, when he got eaten mm -hmm. by the fish. It's a Hans Christian Andersen tale, right? He, I think he was influenced by religion a lot. So, like, mm. I don't know. When yeah. he got swallowed by the by the fish, I, I immediately thought of that story. And thank you, Catholic school. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, 
I enjoyed it. I think the ballerina is beautiful. Whenever she's dancing, it yes. just it made me want to like dance. And I was like, I'm gonna do a little twirl in my room, just really quickly. <laughs> but yeah, yes, um, did you? Exactly. But uh, can we also talk about how uh, the Tin Shoulder straight up murders murders uh, the the giant box like yeah. straight up like threw him into the fire? Like, did anyone else think that was kind of brutal? A lot of like, straight up murder in Fantasia. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's, there's some murders in Fantasia. Next one is they coming no up, and I'm like, like, wow, they're not. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was brutal as well. Some... Oh, sorry, um, were they? <laughs> Tell me we lost you yeah. for a little bit. Can you repeat what you just said? Oh, hey. Oh, I was get like from the furnace part. Yeah. When I saw the furnace in the beginning, I thought to myself. They're not really gonna throw him in there, are they? <laughs> and they did, mm. and I'm like, you know what? Good for you, Disney. Like, we need more brutality <laughs> in animation. Like, I approve of this. <laughs> we need more brutality in animation. That, that will be the description for this episode. I guess. <laughs> Wait, down. Brutality. Yes. I'm down. Okay. And um, I also liked how like the the ballerina wasn't super passive. You know how it's like. Oh, she's saucy. Yeah, back then, like you know, it's. Um, the hero story, the damsel in distress, and yeah, she's not the strongest, but like physically, but like she stands up to the jack in the box as best as she can, and she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not dealing with your shit. Goodbye, bye. <laughs> and she tries her best to withstand him until the tin soldier can come, and they like work together to be able to like be together, and it's awesome, and I love it. Oh yeah, I love yes. it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was gonna say, I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh yeah, that the the fact that he throws him in the fire, like I think it's because the animators just had more liberty, and they, you know, Fantasia, it's really its own thing. It's not even, I don't know, it it, it exists it exists in a completely different like alternate universe for of Disney <laughs> movies, and I think that's why they had more freedom and they felt more free to actually you know go through things like you know, burning the jack the jack in a box to death. <laughs> and yeah. And I just love I just love the the short because it's just the just a sweet, quick romantic story. And you just feel for, for the characters as well. Like I just said with Rhapsody in Blue, like I love how with no dialogue at all you can just understand their struggles and get mm-hmm. on board with them and want them want to see them succeed. And yeah, I I had something else that I wanted to say, but I blanked out. <laughs> so, do you have anything else you want to say, Andy? It's just it has everything. It has action. It has romance. It has like defeat the defeat of a villain. It it has different styles of animation. Also, the 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 fish when the fish that swallows him, the Tin Soldier. It's really nineties Disney, two D Disney. Yeah, and that that's cute. <laughs> Um, no, I like it. It's sweet. I love it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember what I was gonna say that the Jack in the Box kind of reminds me of Lord Farquaad. Yes, sure. yes. Like I'm pretty sure Jeffrey Katzenberg like took the the design of <gasps> oh my god that of so the Jack funny. in the Box like, and was like, mm, this would this would work for my movie. Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> Of 
Animals <laughs> and Finale by Camille Saint-Saëns. Yeah. Saint oh, this this multilingual names. Oh my god. <laughs> so this it's is the shortest. Best. Yeah, I love I love the diversity. <laughs> this is the shortest short out of all of them. You know, I think the longest is Rhapsody in Blue with 12 minutes and The Carnival of the Animals is the shortest with 3 minutes. And there's actually, there's actually like an explanation because it was all done by one person. No Eric, way! Eric Goldberg. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's short because he did it all by himself. Wow, that's and, incredible. Like, I just applaud him for getting through 3 minutes. Like, wow, that's amazing. Oh my god, I was dying because I had to do a, a, a 15 second animation with a model I already had. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so, um, Cannibal of the Animals is um, a story about a wacky flamingo that that is a master of the yo-yo. And he just wants to play his yo-yo, but a flock of six other flamingos are... Um, you know, annoyed by him and they keep trying to put him down but he's just oblivious and keeps uh, dodging them and it's a really fun short, it's just basically an exercise on just seeing all this um, wacky, this wacky flamingo just doing his yo-yoing <laughs> and I don't know how he, how he came up with the idea I think originally it was supposed to be ostriches um, yep. but I guess I changed it just as to not be too from too uh, too close to the original Fantasia because the original already had a, a segment with ostriches. Yeah. So they changed it to flamingos and I just think it's really really fun mm -hmm. short to watch. Um, the thing with the yo-yo is so funny and I loved how I love how in the IMDb trivia page it says that those are real yo-yo moves he is making and like, like like a professional yo-yo player could watch it and be like oh yeah that's accurate like you know how how guitarists watch Coco and yeah. they're like oh yeah that's that's real guitar playing you know yo-yo players can watch this and be like yeah that's true yo -yo that's playing. awesome the yo-yo masters of the world yeah I love how the um I, I, he has a he has a name. I think they named him um oh, our hero. They named him our hero. Our hero. Subtle. Oh. I love how he is a different shade of pink. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the snotty six, as they are called, at least that's what IMDb says. They are snotty. I love that. They are snotty. They are different. They are all the same shade of pink. Um, and I just love how um the the hero one is just like so clever and starts. <laughs> pranking them basically and using his yo-yo for like very cleverly i guess and i love i love the end of it that they <laughs> there's not a six where thought they were so clever and so so awesome by getting rid of his yo-yo but they didn't realize that he had like six more <laughs> he's like ariel like you know did you want a yo-yo i have 20 oh <laughs> I, I love this shirt i think yeah. it's so fun huh what do you what do you think Uh, Tammy? Um, uh, one thing that really stood, like, I love it too. It's really fun. It's lighthearted. It's great. And um, what I love about it is how simple the backgrounds are. And yeah. I think that's due to the fact there's so much going on in the foreground with the flamingos and how much they move. Like, you don't need, like, a complicated or de very detailed background to make beautiful work. Like, I think the background for, the for this was just, like, a solid color a solid ombre mm -hmm. color of different of different different colors um and i it's i still find it super beautiful that they were able to that they eric eric goldberg mm -hmm. just him was able to um 
put so much um, beauty and in in the limited color palette. Yeah, and limited design. Yeah, and also like I I think what's beautiful about this is the simplicity in Mm -hmm. everything that's designed. Like the like it doesn't even look like there's an outline in the on the characters, and it's just like their solid color and even like their joints are disconnected. Like it's it's a very simple, very simple uh, design and art, which makes sense if he did it all by himself. You know, he didn't want (laughs) he wouldn't want to animate anything complicated for three whole minutes, but. I just yeah. love how he made the simplicity work for him, and it's very beautiful. I think it's watercolors. That's what I read. Mm-hmm. That's gorgeous. That's like, pretty. That's why, that's... that's why it looks so unique. And like mm-hmm. that's also what I want to say that it's a very unique sort of style of animation, and it it, it really looks like it's something. That's, <laughs> and I think yeah. it's partly because of the technique that is basically watercolors. And it works perfectly with flamingos because like. Like you can see, yeah. in, like the film, because they're like always in the water. Like it's just a nice homage, ho- ho- like homage to that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, Andy? Uh, <laughs> I was going to. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, this story, it it's a lot shorter and it's a lot sillier than than the rest mm-hmm. of the shorts. And I don't know if people had a complaint with it or something, but I I think it's a nice break from everything. Like you have the, this little piece that it's really sweet and it's 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 little it's like I don't know like a little dessert you have <laughs> and oh then God. you continue with and then you have the main courses uh it's it's cute and I was watching it uh I, I was watching it now and I just kept laughing I'm sorry <laughs> if that went through the audio. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I think I would have put this like earlier on. Mm-hmm. I think it's it feels kind of weird to have a very long short like Rhapsody in Blue and then have a very short one that you know. I'm watching it on YouTube right now because it's the the quickest thing I have at at hand, and the YouTube video is like one minute and fifty seconds, and I don't know if it's sped up or something because I read on IMDb on IMDb that it was that it was three minutes, but still like if it's two minutes or three minutes uh, it's still very short and I think I would have placed this earlier mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that I would change about it because other than that I think it's a little work of genius like very <laughs> simplistic but very clever and funny and yeah. very well executed and also I love that um, it's presented by James Sir Jones oh yes oh my gosh I screamed when he came on yeah <laughs> I love you know me I love Lion King we were like Darth Vader Mufasa <laughs> uh, I love that there's also a little Mufasa statue behind him when yeah. he appears and uh, he has just he just has the greatest voice the greatest I'm voice I'm so glad they got they got him for this mm-hmm. I, and I love how they got him to to introduce the animal section, the uh, animal segment. I, I like it that he starts talking. And he's like, "Oh, this this short answers the age-old question: <laughs> what is the what is the relation between humanity and nature?" And I was like, "Oh, oh wait, no, oh. it's about what happens when you give a jojo to a flamingo." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone everyone wondered that as a as a kid. Uh, didn't you? Oh, didn't you? Well, lucky us, we have Fantasia two thousand for that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, very near my hometown, there's this um, place where you can actually see flamingos very often. Yeah. 
And now whenever I, I go and see them, I'm gonna be thinking about how how they should be playing with a yo-yo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That place is amazing. Okay. Do you wanna move on to the next one? The next one is a fantastic one. one <laughs> is called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. It was originally composed by Paul Dukes and you will know this short because it was in the original Fantasia and as I read originally they wanted to have multiple segments from the original Fantasia in this one just to kind of make that you know the convergence of the past and the present I think more clear but in the end I don't know why but they decided to cut the other segments and just stick with the Sorcerer's Apprentice which I think it was a, a good decision I think <laughs> especially watching this back to back I don't think I would have enjoyed Fantasy 2000 as much if I had seen the same shorts twice um, uh-huh. I just I, I really like how Fantasia can be you know it's something and but I also love the just having a little bit of the, the last one and I do hope that if they make one in the future they will save one of the old of the fantasy 2001 Let, let's make a poll our, our poll later which which one of these shorts you think will be in the next fantasia that's a good yeah let, let's do that yeah let, yes. let's do that but okay so i'm just gonna come right right out and say i think the sorcerer's apprentice is my favorite short from the original fantasia just because i'm very emotional emotionally attached to the sorcerer's apprentice mickey yeah, I just he's my favorite version of Mickey, and I just have a lot of, of memories of him at the parks. And whenever I see him, I just get like all giddy inside and just very excited and happy, and I feel like a kid again when I watch him. So that's why I that's why I just have the softest spot for mm-hmm. Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. So that's why I cannot be biased talking about Sorcerer's Apprentice. But you know, there's a reason why they chose this short to come back because it's just. It's really iconic. It's it's classic Disney. It's classic Mickey Mouse. It has Jensen in it. Um, the music and it's it's a very high influence on Fantasmic, the the mm-hmm. show at Disneyland mm-hmm. and Disney World. That's Epic just the Mickey. best thing. It's the best thing that you can watch at the park. Um, and then I watched it twice when we went there last year and. Um, we were in tears, basically, <laughs> by the end of it both times, because it's just yeah. beautiful. And, Actually, I'm yeah. sorry. And, yeah, and no, and Sorcerer's, Appren- Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey just has a big role in it, and the music also has a big role in it, and <laughs> it all comes down to that it's just a very iconic piece of Disney history, and I just love every second of this shirt, and I don't <laughs> think there's anything wrong with it at all. Especially, like, even, even if... Mickey does really murder a, a, a broom. Um, he does feel bad about it, and the broom does come back okay. times two thousand. <laughs> times two thousand. Yeah, how many brooms were there? Like, let, let's. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's what I'm gonna say. Two thousand. Okay. What well, what were you gonna say? Uh, no, it's just that. Uh, yeah, sorcerer, sorcerer Mickey has a a really really great influence in in the history of animation the history of mickey the history of disney and the history of the parks 
Mm-hmm. And actually have a friend that that one that rem, rem, recognizes Sorcerer's Mickey as Fantasmic Mickey. I was like, it's from Sorcerer's Apprentice, please. You uncultured swine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just comes to show that it it's one of the most important pieces from Disney. Mm-hmm. So okay, if there was a if if there has to be a short that was also into the Infantasia two thousand, it will be Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> and what can we say about this? It's I just mean, it's just so iconic. I mean, the hat is literally on yeah. in Walt Disney Animation Studios building. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Like you just that that just right there tells you how iconic it is. <laughs> it really took a life on its own. Like even if it was part of the original Fantasia, I think it just this one soared way higher than the others. And yeah. I think even the Disney Channel sometimes showed it on its own. You know, oh. um, not okay. showing Fantasia, just this short. Mm-hmm. And it's just and like I cannot blame them, and I can I can totally understand that. It's just a fantastic little story, and you have Mickey Mouse in it. You cannot go wrong. <laughs> the design of his wardrobe in this short is like really fantastic as well. Like the color of uh, the red and the blue, it just makes a nice contrast. And it's the stars in the hat, and mm-hmm. that that scene when he when he's dreaming and he's like controlling the 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 water. I just it's so the beautiful. Part. The different different doesn't work basically. <laughs> no, I actually really like the way they anim- they used to animate clothes and hair uh, back in the in the golden era when this was when Fantasia when the original Fantasia was made. So yeah, the, mm-hmm. the rope the rope from Mickey. I just want to squish it. I want to I want to use it. Yeah, me too. Uh, Tammy, uh, my thoughts about the film. Oh, the film, the, the short. It yeah. it it is all is. Kind of a film, yeah. The short film. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I loved it. It was amazing. Like like you said, it's iconic in Disney history and it's just it's very important. It's a very important short to watch, uh, to understand where Disney has come from and what has influenced it. And I can I just say so when Mickey was woken up by the water like overflowing. Um yeah. mm-hmm because of the room and he realized he like messed up like all I could think about was like I had the same exact experience but like <laughs> like, like literally though like I was boiling a chicken and <laughs> like I was boiling chicken and I decided to take a nap like he decided to and I got woken up by my fire alarm <laughs> <boiling. gasps> Timmy. and all I could think was like this is the exact same thing like for real I'm oh like I was Mickey in that moment a bunch of boiled chicken were going to show up at your kitchen in March. <laughs> that, like, that pot was half full. Imagine how long it had to be boiling for all the water to have evaporated. Oh my god, Timmy. You're, you, you, didn't hit, you didn't take a nap, you went to sleep. <laughs> yeah, basically. I did. Oh, that's just, me with the beans. Yeah. Like, oh, I always burn the beans. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm a basic turning, Mexican. This is turning to a cooking podcast. <laughs> Don't boil the chicken that. too long. Don't, don't burn the beans. Don't burn the beans. But yeah, and another, another thing that I love about this um, short, it's not like necessarily about the short, but one of my favorite Disney shows, Disneyland shows, is Mickey's Magical Map. Oh, oh yes! Can we talk about Mickey's Magical yes. Map? And it like basically starts off with Mickey like yeah. as in his apprentice robes. Like I, I forget if he like finds the hat or he finds this magical brush that like the magic. 
Yeah, it's. Do you, do you remember the magical brush that like helps him go through the map and he visits yes. different worlds from Disney, from animated films, and he like he goes to um, he goes to Lilo and Stitch, um, Mulan, Tangled, Princess and Princess the and Frog. Frog. I think she ends it, and it's freaking amazing. Like, um, I took my friend to Disneyland, and one of her favorite Disney princesses was Tiana, and oh, I knew yes. that. I knew that, and I was like, she didn't know about the show, and I was like, we got, we got to watch Mickey's Magical Map, and all I was waiting, I was waiting for her to see Tiana at the end, and when she came in, she freaking lost it, and I was, oh, amazing. I just love the the combination of of Tiana and you have Rapunzel, Mulan, and Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like wow, my all my dreams are coming true. <laughs> so yeah, that's my favorite show at Disneyland. Yeah, and Jen say that appears in that yeah, show yes, as well yes yeah it's really wonderful i watch it at least every year or whenever i can get the disneyland oh yeah i love that i love we love that show too like we were so excited like <laughs> like if you if you had seen andy and i watching that show like we were we, i think we were really annoying to other people but we were, we were having the time of our lives we were singing we were screaming for the characters whenever like when rapunzel and tiana and hulan appeared in the same pocahontas like, Oh yeah, Johannes uh-huh. appeared in the same like scene, singing their own songs. We lost it. Was it was beyond amazing. I loved it. it because Rapunzel's my favorite, my favorite princess, and then like Pocahontas, and then Mulan, like princesses that don't get as much recognition or representation in the parks. They were there, like mm-hmm. I just love that show. Yeah. Can so I just turn into yeah? Go ahead. Can I also say how um, I just remembered this, but like it was one of the times I was at Disneyland and I was trying to catch the show and we were late and it was like, I don't know if it was the last show, but we I wanted to see it then because then you'd have to wait like an hour, I think. I yeah. literally sprinted to the set. <laughs> like I like I was telling my family to catch up with me. I was like, we got to run so we can catch it. <laughs> I was like literally sprinting and I actually ran into a woman and made her drop her phone and like I didn't like help her. I like... I was jogging and I was like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I have to go. And I sprinted to the set and I, I looked back at my family's nowhere to be seen. And I'm like, screw it. I'm just save them seats. <laughs> oh my God, they made it eventually. But I, I remember literally running to, to catch that show because I love it so much. Running in Disneyland, I can relate. Yeah, we can relate. <laughs> running in Disneyland at 1 a.m. to catch <laughs> the, last, day, yeah. the last Cars yes, Land. Cars Land. <laughs> yeah, because we had fast fa- just a side story. We had fast passes that day, but when we went to, we, we went at the time of the fast the attraction pass, broke. But it was broke. It was broken down, and they were like, "Oh, you can come back later. Like you can use that. Uh, you can you can use that fast pass as, at any other time of the day. Um, it's it, like when the when the ride bro- breaks down uh, during the, your fast pass, it just becomes like um, a multi fast pass for every hour, every attraction. Any any attraction, mm-hmm. any hour, you can mm-hmm. use use it in anywhere you want to but we really wanted to get to cars land because we hadn't gotten the chance no. because it was just there, there's just so much to do especially if like me it's your first time there and you just want to see everything mm-hmm. so this was after new year, like it was already past midnight yeah it, and it, we were like do you want to go to do you want to cross over to california adventures and see if we can catch um cars because we still have the fast pass and we were like wondering if it was gonna work because it was past midnight and maybe the app just uh, reset past midnight and we were like i don't know if it's gonna work and then we got there and the app just it was yeah. taking the, the longest time to open and the the cast member there was just like just just go 
Just like, go through the fast pass plane. It was whatever, like just go. And we we, did, we didn't it. even use the fast pass in the end. And we got there and, and we rode cars at like two twelve thirty like midnight. <laughs> and then we sprinted. That was the first thing that we did on two thousand eighteen. <laughs> We're yeah. that iconic cars. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It was a. It's a very good ride. It's them. It's an amazing ride. And then we we sprinted to to the wheel to Mickey's fun wheel. We also rented that because it was closing in like thirty minutes and. We were like, we can still touch it, and we ran. We ran we through, ran. through California Adventures. Oh, it was the best. It was the best night. Oh, I, I like this detour to the parks. Thank you, oh, Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> can I also say one more thing about the short? Yes. Okay, so what I really liked about this film, which was different from Fantasia, was how different the art style was, was for each short. I thought it yeah. gave a lot of variety. It gave a lot of life, and it gave each short its own um, identity. And I really enjoyed that. And I think the style for Sorcerer's Apprentice, like, I mean, it was made in the, it was made during Walt Disney's time. And I just think of it as classic Disney. Yeah. And I love how they included it, it, included it here because it just, it's what makes Fantasia 2000 a Disney film. And I think yeah. it was very important for them to include it. And I think it's great. Yeah, I think nice. having that classic Disney style was very important. I'm glad that they made that decision. The next one? Okay, the next one. Just we love Sorcerer's Apprentice. And that's all <laughs> you need to know about that. It's just two shorts, and we're done. Yeah, two more shorts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one is Pomp and Circumstance, marches one. Two, three, and four by Edward Elgar, mm -hmm. and this is a short based on the tale of Noah's Ark from the Bible, but reimagined with Donald Duck. Amazing! Everything should be reimagined with Donald Duck. <laughs> Everything, <laughs> every single Bible passage should be reimagined <laughs> with Donald Duck. Can can I can can I go to Disney and just throw money at them until they do that, please? Yeah. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea, like Donald's Biblical Adventures. Like, I can totally see that on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Donald's Biblical Adventures. Yeah. Anyway, so basically Donald takes the, the role of Noah's, um, not, not apprentice, but assistant. like a assistant. Mm -hmm. He's not Noah. He's just, he just gets the task of uniting the animals to get in the ark. Mm -hmm. And basically the story is that he does that, but in during that time he loses Daisy and then the flood comes and he doesn't think that Daisy made it to the boat to the ark and he just keeps um, the rest morning. of the journey like morning Daisy Aww. what he doesn't know is that Daisy did make it to the ark and Daisy also thinks that Donald didn't make it because he she didn't see him getting to like jumping in so basically they both think the other's dead and it's just very sad to see them like really mourning the other like this is like kind of dark and, and very very sad like mm -hmm. I cannot like the 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 pain of losing your significant other I, I, I don't know what that must feel like but it's just it should be like the most horrible thing mm -hmm. and once they make it to once uh, the flood goes away and they make it to dry land uh, they reunite they both get off the ark and Daisy loses this necklace that Donald gave her, so she goes back to mm -hmm. look for it, and Donald finds it, and there's the beautiful shot of mm. them, like, reaching at the same time for it, and they look at each other, and it's, like, they get all teary-eyed, and they hug each other, because they reunited, and they 
they're like, oh, you're not dead. <laughs> and it's a very beautiful short. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I just I, I completely agree. Like everything should be reimagined with Donald Duck. <laughs> He's the best. He he is my second favorite of the Mickey gang. I don't Aww. know who's my favorite. I think my favorite of course is Mickey. But, yeah, me too. But I have the softest spot for Goofy, but I also love Donald and I love <laughs> Donald whenever yeah. he's with Daisy because I think yeah. Donald is at his best is at his best when he's with Daisy. Yes. Mm, they are. Uh, I just love it. And I, I just really love whoever came up with the idea of putting Donald Duck on a biblical <laughs> sorry um, I, I just I just find it like completely um, genius yeah can I just say my favorite part in this whole in this whole short was when he was reuniting the the animals and then he just uh, he sees two dogs there and he's like oh okay and then what <laughs> Oh, the dogs. Like the real dogs. They were real yeah. dogs. And he was like, uh, okay. But he just... <laughs> yeah. It's really amazing. Um, uh, well, I should continue then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think out of all the shorts, this is the most traditional Disney one, I guess. Because, I don't know, it has uh, the Disney characters and, and the style is Disney-ish. But also, it's really amazing to... you. To see these characters, uh, Donald and Daisy, with this kind of quality, because you usually see like shorts for made up for TV or for direct to video, and the lighting, the lighting, and the scenery is in the background and mm-hmm. and everything is just so detailed, and I love to see Donald in there. Actually, I think the the lighting in the last scene from this short is amazing. I just stared at it a lot, and yeah, I just I, I really like it. It's also really funny. And that's also what what makes it very Disney-ish mm-hmm. because of the humor. And Tammy? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I really liked it as well as you as as you guys did. And I don't know, like I know we keep making this joke about how this is Fantasia times two thousand, but what I really <laughs> liked was how they like, you know, like that's what they've been doing this whole time. They take something that's already good and they Add, they add something extra to it to just make it even better. They took the the art, the um, Noah's story, but they didn't just do Noah's story. They added something. They added, they added the loss of a loved one um, with Daisy and Donald, and I think that works perfectly because um, I never saw the, I never saw the, um, the, the romance or love aspect in Noah's the Noah's Ark story. Um, with the, with the animals of every like male and female on board, I just uh-huh. saw it as a way for population to reproduce. But like when I see them, like um, the scene where Donald is looking at all the animals being together and Daisy is looking at all the animals being together, and then they remember their lost loved ones. Mm. I was like, that's there. That 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 you can totally see that aspect in the original story, and they capitalized that on that and emphasized that and made it the main part of their interpretation of the story. And I love it. Like that's what they've been doing. They've been they've been um, adding their own spin to all these or to this original to this music, and they're making it their own. And it's it's wonderful. There's just so many layers and complexities to to these shorts, and it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Everything you just said. Everything just retweet, <laughs> copy and paste. Um, I just I just I really love the. Um, the joke they make with uh, the unicorn and 
I don't know what oh, mythical, so cruel. the other mythical creatures that they don't make it to the ark, oh. and that's why, why that's why you don't find unicorns anymore. <laughs> I just found that hilarious. No, like, it, I it's laughing clever. When I saw that. It's clever. Yeah, I also love the little bit uh, when they were when they're getting off the ark and Donald sees the two bunnies, and then they are followed by a bunch <laughs> yeah, of yeah. tiny like baby bunnies, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think it's, as you said, it's just a beautiful uh, reimagining of the story. And I I agree with you, Thames, how they they were clever enough to take a, a part of the story that's not really, um, I, I guess it's not the central part of mm-hmm. the story when you tell it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was basically just for the animals to reproduce and continue yeah. its existence on Earth. Yeah. But yeah, you just feel like when Do- when Donald loses Daisy and Daisy loses Donald and they're surrounded basically by couples and yeah. you just realize. I mean, hashtag my life. Like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, it just it, you just feel for them and you just like feel that sense of loneliness of of mm-hmm. loss of. You know, it's not just that you don't have that partner to reproduce and continue the species, yeah. but you just lost your lost you just lost your loved one, and yeah. it's just really tragic. And you just keep you spend the short um, just feeling so anxious and and so worried and so sad mm-hmm. because, like you as the audience know that both of them are alive. And you just want to yell, yell at them like, "Don't worry, Donald takes his life. She's right there. <laughs> She's right there." <laughs> but and it just really, it just really pays off in the end when they find each other. Yeah. And yeah, I just think it's a really fun little short. It's very emotional. Like you, you wouldn't expect a short with Donald Duck to be this emotional. <laughs> I know, right? but it is. They managed to to make that happen, and I just love. Um, the ideas that they have for it and the way they executed them. It's a really clever little short. I love it so much. Yeah. I, this is another one that I could watch over and over and over and over again. And also, like, I think the most, uh, like, as Andy said, all the shorts are very different in style. But I think one constant in every short is how beautiful the lighting is. Mm-hmm. Like, right. every short mm-hmm. has its own uh, style of lighting. But each of them like reproduces light in a beautiful way, and it's as down. It's the it's one outstanding part of each short, the lights, and yeah, I just find that I just find that really really pretty, and it makes it just makes you want to look at it even more. Like you just keep watching it because it's just a pleasant thing to watch. You know, mm-hmm. the light is actually like delightful if i should say it, oh. if i should put it that way but wow. just watch it and ju- just want to never stop watching it's really a treat a uh, really a treat to the eyes andy and uh, no i think i'm totally good you're good yeah. okay so we are good to continue to the last one <gasps> yes please yes. do that so good, so good. Oh, this mm-hmm. was just oh this mm-hmm. gave me chills Firebird Suit 1919 uh, by Sweet. Igor Stravinsky 
and it's the about the spring sprite mm-hmm. awoken by an elk and he and she basically oh, she's beautiful yeah. this the spring sprite um, unknowingly wakes up the firebird and the firebird is like this giant monster it basically comes out of a volcano and I think it's inspired by the eruption of a real life volcano mm-hmm. and basically this firebird completely burns everything in its in its path and it leaves the spring sprite just completely like I love how they show her like so small mm-hmm. so tiny just because she has like literally nothing left because the firebird completely burned it to the ground and eventually like the elk helps her to regain her courage and her will to exist basically and yeah. with the help of the elk she manages to bring uh, nature and spring back to the world d- despite the uh, the fire despite the burn the fire despite the destruction and i just found it absolutely beautiful so um do you guys want to start first uh, tammy yeah um well i just think this is a beautifully animated film like the way the spring sprite moves around this the screen is just absolutely wonderful and i can't even begin to think how they would even like animate that it's just like it seems like she's always moving like she has ripples all around her and she's just so flowy and just looks so I don't know soft soft and graceful and it's mm-hmm. it's wonderful animation I also love um that one scene where she's um growing the flower or like not even growing like creating it like it looks like she weaves the flower to begin with mm-hmm. and then yeah. she completely changes her mind and then like disintegrates it and then reforms it within yeah. to make it a bigger beautiful and even grander flower and I think that's just a gorgeous piece of animation um, but what really stood out to me was how it's actually super relevant to today with I'm not super into yeah. politics but like um how our our crisis with the environment and how we we all need to be better with um with um our pollution our waste and just being more mindful of the earth we live in and i think that this is such a good film to watch a good short short to watch because it can show you that there is hope even in our darkest days like even in general not just in the environment but like focusing on the environment like it can show you that there is something to fight for and that there is something that we can stand up for and we can we can make better and we can we can still have a rebirth even if it seems like all hope is lost and i think it's just a wonderful message and it's just a great short yeah that's what i was gonna say that i think the most obvious message is like to take care of the environment and Mm -hmm. and all of that but i do think that deep deep down it's not just about that i think just the allegory of rebirth and destruction mm-hmm. and being reborn from the ashes. I think yeah. it applies to every single aspect of of your life, yeah. like even like in personal matters, but also like as That's you said, good. not not getting to politics, but everything that happens yeah. around the world. That you could you can make a case that right now we are living in a time where it does feel like the firebird just came out of a volcano and it's ruining everything in its path. Yeah, but just to have this character like the spring sprite to make you realize that there's there's always hope and there's always yeah. gonna be good people and there's always gonna be like values and yes. in the end even if things 
go to hell basically and even if things seem really wrong and really um out of balance and it just feels like everything's lost yeah it's not actually and there's always gonna be like the tiniest glimpse of hope, hope yeah, that you just, just need to water it and care of it care for it and make it grow and eventually it's gonna be okay again eventually yeah, it's gonna i totally agree with everything you. is gonna be re- reborn and yes things will go will go back to being good again yeah and you know it's just the cyclical nature of life i guess just to have the the good part of of things and then eventually something is gonna happen something needs to happen you know life is not static mm-hmm. and whenever for every good thing something bad needs to happen to yes. balance things and it's just how it is yeah that's how it is for every good thing there's a bad thing and for every bad thing there's a good thing and that's how we move forward i keep so. saying yeah but i'm sorry because this is something i literally learned in the past year and i'm like yes gina preach <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like i've learned to love my failures like i don't like mm. i it's because i failed a lot and it's just, I feel like I've learned my most valuable lessons from what I failed at. And now whenever I, as soon as I learn to love my failures and, and face, and face those obstacles, like I've, whenever I face something challenging, I go at it full force with positivity and just I'm the mindset that I'm going to overcome it. Because even though I failed, that's okay, because I know I can learn from it. And I think that's an important message to take away from this short film for anyone who listens. Like, it's just an important life lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because the Firebird is absolutely, like, scary. Like, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. so... Like, it's giant, and it, it doesn't seem like you can stop it. Like, you can stop it. Like, it just... It might overtake it, you, but you can... It overtake. It. Yeah, completely. It just goes away because it wants to go away. Because you don't like, have to stop it. You just have to yeah. get through it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, there are things in life that are just as scary as that bird. Like, this, the, the bird is not even on that much, uh, but the shots that, that it gets, they're so powerful. They're so, like, dominant. Like, I can compare it to um, uh, what Chernabog in the original yeah. Atisha. You know, Chernabog was, you know, Satan. <laughs> but, um, you know, the firebird is just the embodiment of, I guess, evil as well. And everything that can go wrong and that's what makes it so scary as well um andy you have been very quiet what do you want to say because you were making such great arguments (laughs) uh yeah basically all everything you said but about the short uh, in particular in relation of the film and in relation of the company um for me this is fantasia 2000 for me this this is the big short uh, from this movie and this is the short that I remember the most uh, it's my favorite it used to be my favorite short it still has a, a very very special place in my heart but after after doing this and after talking about it I don't I honestly don't know which one is my favorite mm-hmm. my favorite short um, but it will always have a really really special place in my heart and it was uh, like I said in the Pocahontas episode, uh, this is one of the other influences that that influenced me. Ugh. This was a, a one of the the media that influenced me to I don't know really care about nature and the environment mm. when I was a kid, and that I that I still I'm still 
like that today but that started since I watched this and this is this made me I don't know feel all kinds of things especially about nature and about caring about it and about how important it is and about how beautiful it is and that I don't know it just a force that is amazing the spring sprite I just I've always loved her I always treated her like a Disney character that I can I don't know I, I can put with the others as one of my favorites and the animation is really amazing and I just love the imaginary of of everything of when everything is dark and it's and it's doomed and then she just starts making it all green and making it all beautiful it's just really really uplifting and it's really really the perfect piece to to end the movie with yeah it just leaves you with so much hope and yeah i really love it yeah i think the word i would use to describe this short is powerful i guess mm -hmm. like it's powerful in every single aspect it's has powerful music powerful animation powerful story and a powerful message so it's just absolutely stunning it's outstanding mm -hmm. and like we're just watching it now um as we are talking about it and i just Same. noticed i just noticed how the thing that starts making things grow again are her tears Aww. and like that, I that, that that right there's a, a little symbol like you know yeah. like crying about things that have gone wrong is okay and that is the, the first that. step into getting better and and you know, finding a new life. The tear yeah. heals. And yeah, the tear heals. It's nice. official. Firebird Speed uh, is my favorite short. Oh. Spoilers. That comes <laughs> next. That comes next. Okay, so just to um, wrap up the, our thoughts on this, I think I, definitely, I think the other shorts are very fun and they're powerful on their own. But this one is just, it's one that doesn't have as many jokes and doesn't mm -hmm. have like it's not mm -hmm. as quick-witted, you know, as Rhapsody in Blue or um, the Carnival of Animals, mm -hmm. but it's special and it's powerful in its own way. It's very different from, from the others, and as you said, I think it's the perfect thing to end the movie with. Like, I cannot imagine anything more powerful than this. Mm -hmm. So, do you guys have any more closing thoughts on this particular short? Mm, nope. Yeah, I think that you should... Yeah. I think you should notice that when you watch the logo for the podcast, you know the the, the drawing. <laughs> yeah. I'm dressed as a spring as a spring sprite. <laughs> yeah, uh, just because she's she's the best. She's so beautiful and she's really she's really inspiring. <laughs> and I love I love her. What an honor! I, I want to be her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> just to wrap things up, generally about Fantasia, I think. It, as I said in the beginning and as I said earlier I think it's a very well-deserving sequel to Fantasia I think mm -hmm. Walt Disney would have been proud of it and that's the biggest compliment I can give it yeah uh, it does uh, because it was supervised by Roy Disney himself like mm -hmm. the nephew of Walt um, it does continue what Walt envisioned when he first um, came up with the idea for Fantasia and that in, it continues what Walt wanted it wanted it to be And I just found it really beautiful to not let Walt's legacy die and continue it in these ways that are, you know, so deserving and they're very, you know, it's a, you know, Fantasia deserved a sequel like this. Like mm -hmm. Fantasia is one of those movies that, um, that it was meant to have sequels. It was meant to be 
a huge project that for you know many reasons was not but you know to have these movies you know as I'm expecting as expecting us to have you know in a couple more years to have another Fantasia I think it would just fit perfectly mm-hmm. you know and it would just keep going and going and it it Fantasia will never stop yeah. um growing I think like just Disneyland. like Disneyland yeah. yeah exactly it just it will never be finished because there will always be a new form of animation it will there will always be new music there will always be new stories there will always be new animators with new ideas with new um things that they will turn into art and that's why Fantasia will always be there I think I hope so mm-hmm. imagine the next Fantasia with CGI animation and stop motion and all those kinds of stuff maybe they figure out rotoscoping and not make it scary <laughs> when when that comes out uh, I'm really excited, like, I'm really, really excited. I hope there is a Fantasia, there's another Fantasia in my lifetime. Me too. It's just really refreshing to talk about a masterpiece on this podcast, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's like the best one, like the... The The objectively best one. Objectively best one, because, you know, Lion King would always be... (laughs) The Lion King 2 would always be the best, equally in my heart. Mm -hmm. But this one, just, I think... It's just such a refreshing thing, like, yeah. to not be like, uh, okay, so... Uh, how we, does it hold up? How does it, how does it hold up? What, mm-hmm. what can we say from it? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wasn't even thinking about those questions because I was just thinking about this movie as, a, as its own thing yeah. and what it means to be a sequel to Fantasia. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, what do you think, Tim? Um, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, it's just... It's just absolutely wonderful. It's probably my favorite Disney sequel. Like, it would be blasphemy to say otherwise any other Disney sequel. Um, It's, I mean, I don't know how much I can add as to what you said. You guys just said it perfectly, honestly. Okay, so um, the big question is, what's your favorite segment of the movie? And Tammy, you go ahead because you already scored that. It's the Firebird Suite, and I only realized that after we started discussing it. And that's what I love about discussions because you learn so much more about mm-hmm. the media you're consuming. You, you, of course, you have a, a initial appreciation, but once you really dive deep, you can really see the inner workings of the of that short. Like I was able to, I was able to discover the the. Um, how they took Noah, um, that element, that unknown element of Noah's Ark story and then emphasize it in their own to make it original. And then how we discussed and how we discovered that um, the Firebird Suite is a, is, um, is a message of hope and rebirth and learning from your failures and letting and that you don't have to overcome your failure to still grow and to still be to still be better and I think that's really important and the and the fact that I had to learn that in my own life is what makes that short my favorite because it's so personal to me and it's probably something I'm gonna watch over and over again and anytime I feel like I'm in a dark place I will watch that because I know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and I just love it yeah definitely oh my god I'm gonna cry I'm, and uh, I'm going to cry too oh my god uh, I said before that Firebird was my favorite, but I didn't know now. Uh, I think I, I will say Firebird. Mm. 
It's Firebird, but I love them all. I just, can I say Fantasia 2000 is my favorite short from Fantasia yeah, 2000? Can, <laughs> no, but it is the Firebird suite for everything you said and because of nostalgic value and just because of the artistry of it. Yeah. Uh, just make it three because uh, <laughs> I think it's just... It, it can't be... I mean, I really do love all of them. Like, I cannot... I cannot come up with something bad to say about any of them. Because they're all special, they're all different, they're unique, and each of them has something um, that makes it stand out from the others. Uh, it just really depends on... I think it really depends on my mood. Like, I was talking uh -huh. to Andy earlier, and I was like, you know, after... Just af right after we finished watching it, I was like, oh yeah, the, the Firebird suit is my favorite. But then looking back, I was like, okay, no, so Pines of Rome, I think, is my favorite, because mm -hmm. I just love the image of the whales and the clouds and the water. And then I was like, no, you know what? That the Donald Duck one was is my favorite because I just, I just connect to, connect with it because it's Donald, and just I could I could go on and on and never like really make make up my mind. And you know, I really do, I think it depends on my mood. For now, I think I'm gonna say the Firebird suit, but the Pines of Rome I think it's a very very close second because I just it really gave me chills. Like the animation just kept me on the edge of my seat and kept me gasping and made me just. I was in awe watching the, the Pines of Rome and uh, this, the way that the whales fly over the clouds. I just, it's something that children come up with and to, to see it put so beautifully into film, I think it's just a fantastic experience, a fantastic thing to look at. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's any point of asking like how it holds up to, ori to original. Because <laughs> I think we all agree that um, it's a disturbing sequel. Like, yeah. yeah, it holds up to what Fanti the, the values that Fantasia wanted to bring out to the world, and that's the important thing. And I really, I'm really, really glad that they pulled it, pulled it off. Even despite Katzenberg being against the project, I really want, I really appreciate every single person that worked in this, and that realized the potential that a sequel to Fantasia had, mm. and what it must be, and they. They did just that, and I'm really thankful. And so I'm gonna move on to ratings. Do you guys have your ratings ready? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tammy. Um, Fantasia is what every Disney sequel should be. Fantasia 2000 uh, is what every Disney sequel should be, in uh, every French. sense of the word. Sequel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, improving and just building off from mm -hmm. the original and respecting the original and its values. Yeah, yes. definitely. Andy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love this Fantasia sequel plus 2000. <laughs> oh my gosh. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, I was going to say the fantastic thing. Yes, but, do um, it, do it. I was like, is she going to say it? Is she going to say it? <laughs> I, I was about to ask, would you do the fantastic thing? <laughs> I have do it, another do it, one. Do okay, it, do it. Okay. I do think Fanta Fantasia 2000 is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I also, I, I, I'll add this. I think um, the other rating I can give it is Walt would be proud and oh, yes. that's yes. that's the biggest thing that I can say to describe it and I I, I just came up with a joke oh my god do it oh my god Fantas go, go ahead fantastic sequels and where to find them <gasps> oh my god I'm gonna cut that out of the podcast <laughs> no. uh, just because oh, no just because we are really close to the um, to the premiere of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them too. I'm so excited. Ah, oh, me too. Me too. Are you guys oh, gonna watch so it good. together? 
Yeah, yeah we're we, gonna watch it on the midnight. I'm so midnight. jealous. I gotta find someone to watch it with. No. I can watch it on my own. You should come. You should you come should to Mexico come. and we, we can go together. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, oh yeah, just just for the record and just because I don't want it to, I don't want this this part, this episode was really fun because it, it really allowed us to to talk something good because <laughs> it, it was very a very good movie. Um, but I don't want to end the episode without our without our Star Wars reference, and I'm gonna we say it in a no ending. All right, we go on, go on. Love the second one. Okay, so Andy hates this joke, and I've made it like <laughs> three times in her presence, and she always like that's a, she always is like that's a rich Gina stop, and I'm like no, this is a good joke, and no. you know we were watching Fantasia the original one, and when the broom comes back, you know Mickey destroys it, and then he the brutally broom, murders the yes, broom. Yes, he brutally murders the, the broom with an axe, and then <laughs> very <Yeah>. the shining. <laughs> Here's Mickey. Here's Mickey. I'm, I'm in my garage. Remember that, and I'm scared. <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm sorry. Okay, so the the thing I was gonna you're say. You're not a broom, so. No, no. So you're fine. <laughs> um. So the thing I was gonna say is that the broom comes back times two thousand, and each of them is a a rep- replica of the first one. So they're basically all clones, <laughs> and they're there to attack Mickey. So I, when we were watching it, Wonderful. I would turn to Andy, and and I was like. <gasps> Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. You, you can't see me, but I'm facepalming. I was so proud of myself at that moment. I felt like, oh, this is the Clone Wars. This is Attack of the Clones. It's amazing. Okay, but, but my my fantastic sequels joke didn't. That's more of a reach. <gasps> of course. Yes, well, it is. Th- let's call it a draw. Okay. Let's just finish okay. the episode. Okay, so I think that that wraps things up mm-hmm. for the episode. Okay, this is a this was a very different from the others because <laughs> it was for the fir- for the first time it was not painful at all to watch this. I know it was wonderful. Um, yeah, I just want to go and buy the Blu-ray right now because I think like, <laughs> I'm missing it from my life. Aww. Um, oh, also a little uh, fun thing: we read that the DVD has a uh, audio audio commentary. <laughs> By Roy Disney and Mickey Mouse himself. So if you have the DVD, you should check that out. And Andy has a DVD, but I don't have but it here. She doesn't have it here. She has it at her hometown, and yeah. we're gonna be there in December. So maybe we will watch it together with the com- with the commentary because I can't miss the Mickey Mouse audio commentary. We, we can live react. On we should. Yeah. Yes. We can. We can do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's. All for Fantasia 2000. I'm so happy we got through this. Oh, I, yes. I, I'm happy because I. It was just a really fun thing to talk about. It really was. And Sorry, uh, it was refreshing for us. <laughs> I, I think the next movie, the next movie we will review that will come, well, that will be part of the lineup of Disney movies will be Wreck-It Ralph. No, Winnie Pooh. Winnie Pooh counts as a sequel. People. Well, we count when we when we were. Planning the podcast, we counted it as a sequel, so it's in the oh. schedule. But I mean, we can talk about it. But I definitely, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe we should watch it and then decide. And then decide if it's a sequel. Okay, but okay. I just wanted to talk about that. I'm, I'm, I'm really Rough, excited for a <laughs> Rough breaks the internet comes out in like three weeks, and I'm really excited. I know. Same. I just, I, I think, can't wait. Like it, depending on how it does, I think it, we may be entering a new age of Disney sequels. I'm scared, Mark. Because we Why have Ralph and then Frozen right after. And if they do well, which they probably will, um, at least financially, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I think 
maybe something will start from that. Maybe we'll get Zootopia 2. Maybe. Mm. Who knows? Maybe we Hero 6 too. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Like, whatever happens with Wreck-It Ralph 2, I mean, uh, Ralph will, Breaks Internet, it will... It will break there. It will have consequences on the future of mm-hmm. the studio. Definitely. And that's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, but we have a long way until we review yeah. Wreck-It Ralph yeah. 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for now, let's leave it at that. Um, next week, we are covering... Uh, a sequel to a beloved, beloved Renaissance yeah. movie, uh, The Little Mermaid ah, 2. So excited. That's my childhood <laughs> yeah, I'm right so there. Too. I have so I'm much so to talk about this one. I'm so excited. So yeah, me too. I think this one and The Lion King 2 are the ones that I grew up watching the mm-hmm. most. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, because we were girls and <laughs> our age. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Melody. it makes sense. It does. So yeah, we I'm really excited for us to tackle that. I'm really excited to revisit it. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm um, curious on how it's gonna hold up after so many years. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, come back next week to listen to that. And until then, we'll see you. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, to the vision pod and you can send us an email to to the vision gmail at gmail.com you can send us your questions you can send us your um, comments you can send us your suggestions or anything you want to say to us about the podcast about the sequels you can send us your own opinions about the movies that we have reviewed and yeah so i think that's basically it for that yeah. for it for this episode and thank you guys for listening and come back next week. Thank you so much. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Goodbye.